Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. This is Shannon, and I am joined with by Brooke and Kristen, and we are here today to talk about series. The series are kind of like the the blessing and the curse, at least of my reading life. Yes, <laughs> I really enjoy like getting to check back in with characters that I love, and like spending more time in all these fantastic worlds. But sometimes I look at like all the series I'm reading, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I will never ever catch up. Mm-mm. <laughs> I think it's like impossible to become current with like all the series that you're reading. So some of the series that we're going to talk about today are series that we are caught up with, um, even if the series themselves are not finished. And some are series that we are currently reading. Um, So before we do that, though, we have the usual housekeeping information. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So I will start us out, followed by Kristen and then Brooke. And since there are only three of us this evening, we will do four rounds for our total, as usual, of 12 fantastic books, or in this case, series. So Natalia was supposed to be with us tonight, but she is unwell. And my first book I was really excited to talk about because it's a series that Natalia um, was kind of the inspiration for me to finally read. Um, I had been hearing for years and years and years about the Hollows series by Kim Harrison, which is urban fantasy at its finest, big, long, juicy urban fantasy novels. But the descriptions Mm. that I heard, you know, that I saw of them, always made me think that they were more like that very funny, light, fluffy urban fantasy that I have a hard time with, kind of like um, like Molly Harper or Dorinda Jones. And so I would just keep like skipping over them. I'm like, no, I don't want to read that. This is silly. No. And finally, Natalia told me, you know, it's really, it's really not silly and you should read it. And so I started reading it, uh, let's see, probably 2017. And I'm so glad I did because they are amazing. The first book is called Dead Witch Walking, and it's The Hollows Book One by Kim Harrison. And it's set in a town called The Hollows, which is right kind of on the border of, of Cincinnati. And it's the place where your paranormal creatures live, your vampires, your witches, your shifters, your pixies. But it's, 
there's a lot of unrest occurring in the hollows and kind of there's a lot of unrest in the actual world itself because the reason that we have supernatural beings in Kim Harrison's universe is that there was a virus that came about because of tomatoes and so people are terrified of tomatoes and tomato products oh no ketchup no pizza sauce <gasps> I would know. I, I would know. die. Yes. Oh, no, like <laughs> no, you know, just like fresh tomatoes and a salad. Um, and so it was things like that that kind of made me think like it was a silly series because I'm like, well, like why would you be afraid of a tomato? Like, come on, no. I am but, if it's in a fruit salad. Because uh, tomatoes don't belong in fruit salad. They're fruit, but they don't belong in fruit no, salad. No, they don't belong in a fruit salad. I'm <laughs> I've never seen a tomato in a fruit salad, so that, that's I haven't either. new to me. I, I have, like a garden salad. Yes, it is wrong. In a garden <laughs> salad, yes. In a taco salad, yes. No, it's, it's not right in any yeah. salad, honestly. Uh, in a fruit salad, no. <laughs> so our main character in the series is a witch called Rachel Morgan. Or if you want to call her by her full name, as demons do, it's Rachel Mariana Morgan. And she is not very good at what she does. She's supposed to be like a bounty hunter, and she's just not great at this. And she kind of, she's, she messes up a lot. She makes kind of rookie mistakes. And because of this, she's not treated very well by her employers. So she decides that she's had enough of kind of you know, messing up all these things and getting in trouble. So she's going to go into business with a vampire named Ivy. And the cool. two of them are going to become roommates and business partners. They live in um, an abandoned church. Oh. Which I think is very cool. Yeah. And they are joined by a pixie named Jinx, <gasps> who I, I absolutely love. love. I like pixies. Pixies are very cool. Um, Jinx has a wife named Madalena and about 40 children. Oh. Wow. And in the wintertime, the pixies come inside and they all live in a desk. Oh. Cool. And I, I really love it. So, you know, a lot of this sounds like quirky and, and a little bit funny. And it is those things. But there's also kind of a darker um, just overall story arc that runs through the series. I am not caught up. I have read like the first seven or eight books um, and there are 15, I believe. And then there is a new one coming out this year. Um, so I have a long way to go and I'm really kind of happy about that because I'm always really happy to be immersed in this world. So there's some of the classic like good versus evil um, fights that go on, but there's also just this ever expanding base of knowledge that you kind of organically understand as you read more and more of the series so that you understand like about demon lore, about how like witches differ from some of the other um, magic users in the world. It's just, it's really, really excellent. I love it so much. If you enjoy complex urban fantasy with a little bit of, of quirk and humor, um, you will probably be a fan of this as well. So the series is The Hollows, and the first book is Dead Witch Walking. There is a novel that is 
was written a couple of years ago, but it's set as like the first book. So it's set as like um, kind of 0.5, but it's a full length novel. Um, I didn't start with that. People had said that it's better to read them in the order that they were written. So to start with Dead Witch Walking. I've seen this series and I think I have Dead Witch Walking on my TBR. But it sounds like if you if you like this series, then you should really look at the Signore Chronicles by Megan Haskell. Ah, yes. I I um I really like that series too. I have it. I have the first one written down after you uh, talked about it. There's once. there's pixies. Pixies, yes. I like pixies. Pixies are cool. <laughs> so I. My first series, I am going to talk about Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I love this series. And I think one of the biggest things that I loved about the series um, is that when I first started it, I started with the prequels. Um, oh, like the like the shorter novella? Yeah, like, yeah, the, the shorter novellas. There's like five of them, four or five of them, um, before Throne of Glass. And that kind of gives you um, Selena's backstory. But I did not expect this series to go the way it did from the first, the prequels and the first book. I just didn't. Um, and I loved the way Sarah just, just kind of expands the world and character builds and world builds so well and it just all flows so seamlessly I loved it but you know I don't you don't expect an assassin to be a magical being <laughs> like at least I didn't not the way this started out um and so Selena, she, she is orphaned as a very young child, um, and she is found by the Assassin's Guild leader, um, and so she's taken in and raised by the Guild, and she's turned into an Assassin, and by the age 16, she's like the best there is, apart from the leader himself. and. She's very confident in herself as an assassin. Um, there's just so much that happens to her. She, There is some romance in it um, and heartbreak, of course. Um, and then, she, like, her whole world is just turned upside down when she starts to find out that she has powers she didn't know about. And then she finds out that she's not even who she thinks she is. And it just, it seems like it would go out of control and that she would just go, ah, and at sometimes I think she wants to, <laughs> but she does, she handles it all and she comes into her own. And I think that's another thing I love is that, or no, I don't think I know. That's another thing that I do love is, is growing into yourself and finding who you are and becoming that person in, in total confidence in, in yourself. And she goes on to make 
amazing changes in her in her world and in other worlds and bringing different races and um together and it's just so beautiful the way it's written um there's a few would you consider it love triangles kind of i don't know kind of kind of a little bit like suspected um, love triangles i guess like where people might not be sure like how their romance yeah. is gonna go yeah i mean i definitely i mean i could have definitely been okay with any of her love interests being the final ones but of course it all works out the way it's supposed to but um so there is some a slight kind of maybe love triangles um but i love all the magic and all the way the worlds come together and the races come together so so yeah if you young adult fantasy and young adult period is really not my thing um but just the way these books were written was amazing and i highly recommend them to anyone and everyone um i'll definitely reread them at some point but i've got to catch up on all the other series first um so (laughs) from what i'm seeing here i'm guessing there's quite a few novellas i did not know that there's seven primary works but it says there's 27 books yes yeah. Well, so there's also there's like a graphic a novel, I think. So I, I, you don't have to read the prequels, but I highly suggest that you do because it definitely gives more of a backstory on Selena. Um, I agree. But all seven books are absolutely amazing. And I, I didn't want it to end, but it, it ended perfectly when it did. So once again, this series is Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. I read the first two full-length books. Um, I have the third one sitting on my iPad currently. Read, read, read. So the first series that I'm going to talk about is D.I. Kim Stone. Ah, and it's yes. by Angela Marsons. So the first series that I'm going to talk about is D.I. Kim Stone. And it's by Angela Marsons. And I am so thankful that Christine... And Shannon suggested I try this series out because I loved, loved, loved it. So the first book in this series is Silent Scream. So in this series, we meet, um, kind of self-explanatory given the name of the series, but we meet um, D.I. Kim Stone. And Kim is a bit of a complex character. Like she's, she's got a bit of a, backstory that you'll learn um, through reading some of the different books Um, especially if you check out the I think the prequel tells you a lot as well I read like first blood I think that might be what it's called I can't totally remember it's actually written as like I think it's called prequel like it's not called point five or anything I thought that was kind of interesting so in this book you'll get like in these books you'll meet Kim Stone and her uh, and her team. So her team is made up of four other officers, and we a lot. Um, she, she's a bit of a. She comes across as being cold and strict, but as you get to know her, you kind of understand where, like, why she has all these walls up, and it's really neat to see her interactions with each of the individual 
officers in her team. Um, you see her interact a lot with one of them in specific. His name is Bryant. And he he's really neat because he's one of the ones that isn't afraid to tell her how it is. And that's really neat to watch. So in the first book, Kim and her team are brought to a case where a headmistress has been found um, strangled. And while investigating this, they discover the bodies of some of young children in a, like a former, I think it's a children's home or a children's yes. school, something like that. And it's really neat to see how they investigate this, the whole thing and like how it begins to kind of bring out her backstory because what happened to the children, she can really relate to. So if you're looking for a really good crime thriller, then you should really check out D.I. Kim Stone by Angela Marsons. Yes, Silent Scream. I don't love every book in this series, but a no. lot of them I think are fantastic. So my next series is a combination of a lot of things. It is a time travel story. It is a crime story. It's a romance saga. Um, it's the Kendra Donovan series by Julie McElwain. And the first book is called A Murder in Time. And we follow an FBI agent. Her name is Kendra Donovan, obviously. And she's like a genius. Um, she was created, like literally created, as part of a scientific experiment um, on genetics. Oh. And so both of her parents are like these super successful scientists. And she's like off the charts brilliant. She went to college when she was like 14. Um, oh. She was... She was in Princeton and she wow. was like 18 when she started working for the FBI. So she is 26 when we first meet her and she's about to help bring down this like international ring of, of terribleness. But things go wrong and a lot of her team is killed. And Kendra herself is injured. And she takes all of this really, really hard. And as she's recovering from her injury, she comes up with a plan to kind of, as she puts it, like get justice for her team members that were killed um, because of the way this case kind of like blew up. So she goes rogue and she leaves the FBI behind. She heads off to London in search of this man that she holds responsible for all these things. And as she is trying to track him down, she ends up being swept back in time to 1815. And she finds herself in this old English castle. And people believe her to be a maid hired to um, work kind of like extra shifts at a house party. <laughs> and she doesn't really understand, like, how this happened. You know, this is not scientific. You do not travel back 200 years. Like, you just don't. <laughs> and yet everything that she's experiencing tells her that, you know, she has. So she's trying to figure out, like, what to do about this. And then there is a murder 
at the house party and the body of a young woman is found in a nearby lake oh. and Kendra begins to wonder if perhaps you know, there might be a reason that she was drawn back in time. So she is an FBI agent who's used to using her brain to investigate, but also all kinds of, you know, technology and tools and theories that have been developed, you know, in the time that um, like crime scene investigation has been a thing that we know about. In 1815, a lot of those things are not here. And so she is forced to rely only on her wits to figure out who is responsible for this murder. Um, it's a pretty long book. The books are all pretty long. Um, the first one is right around 500 pages. Um, but the, the sense of place is really, really phenomenal. She does a great job of kind of recreating the old English, um, like manor house, and the ways in which like servants relate to the aristocracy. Um, it's just a really, really fantastic series. I'm super excited to read more. There are four books out currently. Um, the fifth one comes out this summer. And they all have time, like something in time in the title. So this one is A Murder in Time, and it's Kendra Donovan, book one, by Julie McElwain. Sounds very interesting. It it's does. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's one of those things they say, like, if you love Outlander and you're waiting for, like, the next Outlander book, because you have to wait a long time for those, um, <laughs> that you can kind of get sucked into this series and it will kind of fill the, the Outlander I hole. I into the Outlander series. I love but... the first two Outlander books, and then I have enough. Okay, so my next series, I'm I'm going to kind of alternate between well-known and less known. <laughs> um, so my next series is Den of Antiquity by Tamar Myers. Um, and this is a cozy mystery, I guess, is what we decided this one was. And I read this years ago. Um, when I was actually into mystery <laughs> books. Um, but this is set in <clears throat> kind of in both North and South Carolina, um, mostly in Charlotte, uh, well, around that North Carolina, South Carolina border. Um, Abigail Timberlake is a one of those um, genuine Southern ladies. Um, and she has gone through a messy divorce. Um, and now she has kind of made it her mission to get back up on her feet and, you know, be her own person without her ex-husband and all of that. And so she has, uh, she has a shop called the Den of Antiquity, and it's an antique shop. It's a great name for an antique shop. It is. <laughs> and um, so the way this these books are written, her, her shop is kind of like on a, what would you call it, like a strip mall? But it, oh. all, the strip mall is kind of like, 
there it's all stores like antique stores of different things like there's oh uh, so like a specialized like almost like a plaza that's just for yeah yeah something like that um and they they have a group of them that they get together for breakfast and stuff like that and in the beginning they're eating at Denny's which I love (laughs) um and she's Abigail is very sarcastic she's a southern lady but she's very sarcastic and she's very mm, she doesn't take any crap off of anybody and she calls her um her her married name is Timberlake and she calls her her ex-husband the timber snake um, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but she ends up getting caught up in all these different kinds of mysteries, like murders. Like there's um there's a murder in almost every book. Um, the first book is called Larceny and Old Lace, and it, it is her aunt that also has an antique shop, but it's really run down. Her aunt is is very elderly but and she's um apparently like the the head of the antique board or something like that um but she never shows up at the meetings and nobody really likes her and so they're all trying to find a way to kick her off the board and abigail's not thrilled with that and she pretty much lets them know it and she's she's like four foot nine and a half or something like that and she's like but nobody is going to think I am weak because I am small. <laughs> and so she, you hear a lot about that in the books, different, different little quips are made about her size. Um, and it's full of cliches and sarcasm and just all the lovely things. Um, but it, it, the way these books are written um you just kind of get pulled into the Southern charm and she kind of uses her knowledge of antiques and that kind of thing to kind of help solve each mystery. There's a little, a tiny, tiny bit of romance, not enough to, to kind of throw the mystery side of things off, but she gets involved with the detective that is investigating um, one of the murders in in one of the books. Um, And it is just, it's so well written. It, when I first read it, I was still living in North Carolina and um, my grandmother is, you know, was raised kind of as a, I don't know how to, I hate saying it this way, but I don't know how else to explain it like that that proper Southern lady type thing. Um, and as I was growing up, we always talked about having Southern lady tea time. And <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I, I really kind of fell into the Southern charm and Abigail's wit and her steadfastness. Um, and so it's just a lovely series to read. There are 16 books and Almost all of them are named, um, Shannon, what did you call it the other day? You said these books fit into one of your books, oh. Goodreads Challenges, because... Yeah, for my, uh, for the, oh, the tw- puns. Uh, Pop Sugar Challenge, yeah, yes, puns. a book with yes. a pun in the title. 
all of them all of them are named in that in that way um larceny and old lace guilt guilt by association that Ah, that kind of thing yes and it's a lot with the cozy mysteries yes and they're just brilliant i i loved it so much and i actually think i'm gonna reread this series very very soon um because it's just so lovely um so this is din din of antiquity um by tamar myers yes yeah i like cozy mysteries when i need something that's comforting like something that i can read and enjoy but not have to put a lot of like that I'm not going to be like grossed out or I'm not going to be stressed out. <laughs> mm-hmm. These, these <laughs> like, are know, like, like that. The, these don't take the, a lot of like, brain power, but they're good. Yeah. That's what I need sometimes. That's what yeah. I like about cozy mysteries. So the next series that I'm going to talk about is Kate Shugak. Oh, by I've not read these. Dana Stavenow. So there's 22 books in this series. So Kate is a former DA investigator. She used to work in Anchorage, Alaska, and Ooh, this series Alaska. takes um, this series actually takes part takes place in Alaska, but it's in the interior of Alaska. So the first book is called A Cold Day for Murder, and this. This book takes place 18 months after she stopped working for the DA. She used to be one of their sex crimes investigators. And she just got really stressed out by her last case. And she just decided, like, she's had enough. So she moves out to her father's homestead because her father has passed away and left her this many acres of um, land in the Alaskan interior. And... The series really, really, like, I love reading it because you really get this sense of place and you get a feeling for, like, you really do feel like you're in Alaska and, like, you're in the, you can feel the cold even though you're bundled up on the couch reading or, like, you can really feel like you're there with the characters. Um, So Kate is at her inner home and her former boss slash former lover he shows up in her house because you know always your past finds you so he (laughs) shows up at her um at her house and he has an fbi agent with him so what had happened was a well-connected um what are they called conservation officer he's gone missing and Jack Morgan, his, her former boss, he sent an investigator out looking for him, and the investigator has also gone missing. So oh, he ooh. feels that Kate can really help her because she knows the area and she knows the people. So he feels that, like, if anyone can, then Kate can figure it out. Um, it's, it's a really, like, I really, really enjoy the series because you really get to know the community and you get to know the people and you get to know like the traditions and the practices of the people in Alaska. And um, 
Kate actually has an indigenous background. Like she's indigenous and her family's indigenous. So you get to feel this sense of family and like also see the dysfunctional side of family. Um, <laughs> so it's really interesting to get to know the characters and to see how all the different, like there's, all, there's pretty much a mystery in every single book, but there's also a growth in the characters. So this is Kate Shugak by Dana Stabenow. All right, let's go dark. Like really, 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 really dark fantasy. Uh oh boy. Because this is like my, my happy place. I love like, dark <laughs> mysteries. I love dark fantasy. So this is the Black Jewels series. It started out as the Black Jewels trilogy in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and it's now become like this 10 book epic saga. The 10th book just came out um, at the time that you'll be listening to this. Um, it was, it'll be out about a week and a half. At the time of recording, it just came out yesterday. So the first book is Daughter of the Blood. Black Jewels, book one by Anne Bishop. And it's kind of a hard series to explain. It takes place in a series of realms that are similar to like earth and hell um, and maybe something kind of like heaven, but not exactly. And we spend most of the time in kind of the underworld, so like the hell-like region. And that region is broken up into a series of like classes that are all determined by the color of a certain jewel that people wear. And so if you, if you wear a black jewel, you are like the most powerful person in the realm. Like your, your family is very, very powerful and you're probably not a very nice person in a lot of ways. Um, this is, a series, there's lots of like sexual enslavement, um, some torture in some places, some things that kind of feel like BDSM, but aren't exactly. So it, it's very, very dark if you don't enjoy this kind of explicit material. Um, you probably don't want to read this. But when we start off with Daughter of the Blood, the world has been waiting for a very long time for this being that they call witch to be born. And it seems that she finally has. The problem is witch is very young. Um, when you first meet her, she's like seven years old. Her name is Janelle. And she is like crazily powerful. She can walk between the realms, which is something that you shouldn't be able to do um, as an adult, let alone when you are like an untrained child. Um, she's very, very powerful in both like good and detrimental ways. But she's living in the part of the, the world that's like similar to Earth. And her family doesn't understand like who or what she is. And so she's very mistreated. But she travels down into kind of the, the underworld where she's trained by a series of um, demonic men who have names similar to like Lucifer 
and Satan and demon. Um, so there's a lot of like, kind of like nods to like the idea that like hell, you know, is a, a fiery, terrible place. Um, so it's a very complicated series. We see Janelle grow up and kind of step into her rightful place as like ruler of this world. But there's all kinds of things that happen along the way. I am not at all caught up in this series. I've read like the first three. Um, and then I reread book one a while ago because it had been such a long time since I started the series that I kind of wanted to refresh myself. They're pretty long. They're intense. Um, the world building is amazing. Anne Bishop is just masterful in pretty much everything she does. The world knows her most, I think, for her other's books, um, written in red being the first one. And these are very, very different from that. There is a darkness in written in red, but compared to um, Black Jewels, like written in red is, is pretty tame. So I love these, but I do recognize that they're not for everybody. But if you're feeling particularly um, adventurous and you want something like really dark and intense and just full of like tons of emotion that you won't always enjoy feeling, um, then I highly recommend the Black Jewels books, starting out with Daughter of the Blood. And again, these are by Anne Bishop. I read the first three, I think. Ah, um, yes. Because I wanted something, I thought it was something different, and I'd, I'd seen her name a bunch of times, so I read them, and they were actually pretty good. I was surprised. Yes, I love them so much. They're finally like, available. I, All of them are in audio now. Oh, and, nice. I'm so happy because they have like this really good narrator. I just, I love them. Um, so my third series that I'm going to talk about is Bloodlines by Yay! Rochelle Mead. Yes. Um, this is the follow-up series or companion series, whichever you want to call it, to Vampire Academy. Um. And this follows the story of Sydney the Alchemist, who you meet in Vampire Academy, but kind of in the later part of that series. Um, so Sydney is an alchemist, and the alchemists um, are these people that are, they grow up learning that vampires and dumpiers are um, evil and that magic is evil um, I mean no matter that they use their own type of magic but you know they don't think of it that way um, so this is about Sydney who um, as an alchemist is sent to live with um, kind of a hiding out of Jill and Adrian and a dump here named Eddie. Um, I love and they are Eddie. I do too. Um, <laughs> and they're hiding Jill, who is in danger because she is related to the queen of the vampires. Um, and this is all about her and how she, you know, she has to learn how to live with these people and because she's human. And she's living with pretty much two 
vampires and the Dampier and wait, Jill's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, for some reason I was like, no, she's a Dampier, but no, no. Um, so, you know, Sydney's always on this. She's always business. She's always done what she was told to do, lived by the alchemist law. Um, she's always tried to be little miss perfect and organized, which she's, pretty much accomplished um but all the way through this she's she starts to see that the vampires and dompiers are not what she was raised to believe and she has to fight these you know the different sides of her nature and um then she's she has to figure out how to um escape the alchemists, but at the same time, not let them know that she's trying to escape the alchemists, because these are some pretty evil people when it comes right down to it. Um, they use a lot of torture to make their people, um, they kind of brainwash, they call the it? Right like word? when you go, you know, you do something bad and they, they take you to re-education. Some... Yes, oh. yes. Um, and it's it's vicious, and you actually get to see some of that in this series. It's it's vicious and it's horrible. Um, I was very appalled <laughs> when it came to that. But um, and then there's there's also this group called Warriors of the Light who are oh yeah those against the vampires, but not exactly friends with the alchemists either. Um, and so she is, is kind of living in a whole bunch of worlds at one time and trying to fight her upbringing to, she eventually, you know, starts becoming friends with, with uh, the vampires and the dompiers and developing feeling, feelings for another one. And, you know, so she's kind of caught in, in between several rocks and several hard places all at one time. Poor girl. Um, and this just upends her world majorly because this is, she's just, everything is supposed to be organized and perfect in her world. And if it goes off track, then she's not doing her job. But it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful story. She's unknowingly to herself. She's kind of everybody's inspiration in some way. She doesn't see herself that way. Um, and I think it, it really shows you, this series kind of shows you a lot more about her, her upbringing, her, uh, her cult, as it would be. I, that's the way I see it, a cult. Um, and then you also get to see Adrian, who is a heartthrob for anybody who gets to know him in Vampire Academy. Um, and it, it's, it's all, they all become kind of a happy family and friends. And it's, it's beautiful to watch, but it's topsy-turvy. You see a twist when you don't expect one. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I missed the Vampire Academy characters, but they do show up here and there and uh closer to the end so it all works out so this is bloodlines um and the first book is actually called bloodlines 
by Rochelle Mead, and it is the companion series to Vampire Academy, which is also an amazing series. And I would actually recommend um, that people read Vampire Academy first. Yes, yes. You definitely want to read Vampire Academy first because you will be totally lost if you don't. Yes. So the next series that I'm going to talk about is Alex Delaware series by Jonathan Kellerman. Ah, yes. So Alex Delaware is a child psychologist. And when the series begins, he has decided that he really doesn't want to continue his practice. Um, He's got enough money, so he really doesn't want to. But some things happen, and he, he he's convinced by his friend, um, is he a lieutenant? I think he's lieutenant, Lieutenant um, Milo Sturgis, um, to come and help him look into some cases. So what has happened, so the first book is called When the Bow Breaks, and in this book, a psychiatrist that Alex Delaware knows has been found murdered and there's a witness the witness is a young girl and her name is I think it's Melanie Quinn and she's well it's kind of obvious like she's she's traumatized like she's she's really upset about it and she's very traumatized so Milo is hoping that Alex will be able to help her get through her, like, shock and trauma and be able to kind of find, to help him find out, like, what happened to uh, Dr. Handler. So in this series, you really get to see how, like, how Alex and Milo work together, like, you wouldn't really normally see a child psychologist working alongside the police as much as he does. But in, in this situation, he really seems to be like kind of like Milo's um, consultant. So like if anything happens, like anything psychiatry or psychology related, he's always called in. Um, there's a, I wouldn't say there's a lot of character building, per se. No. But the cases are really interesting. Like, not every single, so there's 35 books in the series, and I wouldn't say every single book is great, but the cases are really interesting. So it's definitely a series that I enjoy reading, and I happen to be caught up, which is kind of it's kind of wild to think that I've read 35 books. So this is Alex Delaware series and it's by Jonathan Kellerman. Okay. So my last pick tonight is a pretty new series. This is the Harper McLean series by Christy Doherty. This is a crime series featuring newspaper reporter set in Savannah. So the first book is called The Echo Killing, and it came out in 2018. 
And it's about Harper. Harper is a very hardworking, dedicated newspaper reporter. And as we know from just living in this world, um, newspaper is kind of dying out, right? Like a lot of things go online. There's all these like magazines that you can subscribe to online and different ways of getting your news that don't necessarily require you to read a paper. So Harper is working for this kind of like the last big newspaper in Savannah and things are not going well for her. Now, partly they're not going well for her because she has made some kind of unethical decisions that sort of get her into some trouble. But at the beginning of the the series, she is investigating a crime that bears some eerie resemblances to a crime from, from her past. Um, her mother was found murdered and Harper was the one to find her body when um, she was about 12 years old. Oh. So now she's investigating the death of another woman whose daughter um, found the body. And so she feels a strange kind of kinship to this little girl who has you know, discovered her mother's body and she really wants to understand what happened to this woman and if it has any connection to what happened to her mother like years and years ago. And in order to do this, of course, she has to do a lot of kind of bad things. Now, honestly, in the first book, I was not a big fan of Harper. I loved the mystery, but I didn't really care for Harper because she just acted like in a way that was very rash and she didn't consider like the outcome of, of what, you know, what she was doing. There were no like, consequences in her mind. And then when bad things happened, like she couldn't quite like figure out like that she was responsible for some of these things. Fortunately, as the series goes on, she has grown quite a bit. And even though she still sometimes makes some mistakes, she has a much better understanding of kind of why she does the things that she does. Um, so it's a three book series. The third book came out on March 10th and I don't know, it could end here. Um, it wouldn't necessarily have to, but it could. And I'm not quite sure um, if it's going to or not, but these are kind of the the dark gritty side of Southern life. Like you see, you know, Savannah is supposed to be this like super charming, beautiful city. And you kind of get to see like the underbelly of this, this town. Um, and it's just a really, really fantastic series with a lot of surprising little twists thrown in. And most importantly, though, a heroine who learns from her mistakes and just doesn't kind of keep behaving in the same like strange way and then going like, wow, I wonder you know, why things don't work out for me. <laughs> So the first book is The Echo Killing. Um, and you do have to read these in order because there's an overarching theme throughout the three books that you'll be confused about if you read out of order. So it should go um, The Echo Killing, A Beautiful Corpse, and then Revolver Road. They sound really good. I'm going to look for those. Yes, I think you'd really like them. So my final series is The Mid-Ford Years by Jim Karen. Um, that's the name of the series, The Mid-Ford Years. And this, um, the first book is called At Home in Midford. And 
this series is based around um, Father Tim, who is the uh, rector at an Episcopal church in Midford, North Carolina. Um, and he's an older guy. He's, as he likes to say, 60-something. Um, he, <laughs> he's young at heart, but um, and he's a very good man. But he's kind of a quiet man. He's someone you know you can rely on. And they kind of live, this, this whole town just kind of lives relaxed and Southern. Um, and it's, you know, beautiful family and friends kind of feel. Um, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. And while that can get obnoxious in real life, it, it's kind of interesting in books. Um, and Father Tim also tends to get caught up in certain things that he's not really sure all the time how he manages to get himself caught up in things, but he's always there for people. And um, one of his weaknesses is uh, young children. Um, and he takes to this boy, his name is Dooley Barlow. And um, he takes him in. He's kind of a young, ragged little boy who hasn't had the best childhood, doesn't live in the best home. And so he comes to live with Father Tim, and he's kind of this problem child, and he's destructive, and he talks mad, he, or he talks dirty, and uses curse words. And Father Tim's like, hey, we don't do that around here. <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite like that, but that's the gist of it. Like, he, you know, he's, you know, if you're going to live under my roof and you want my help, you're going to have to straighten up your act. Um, but he does it with love and gentle hands and all of that. Um, and one of the things I love about this series is this big, giant, goofy dog named Barnabas. Um, and he just kind of comes like barging into Father Tim's life and makes everything beautiful, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, and he's, he's very well loved by Julie and everybody that knows him and um, just become, becomes Father Tim's pretty much constant companion. Um, and it's actually how he meets and uh, ends up marrying his next door neighbor, Cynthia, uh, because Barnabas is chasing her cat. Oh dear. Um, and Cynthia <laughs> is a children's book author. Oh. Um, and so, but it, it's a very beautiful story, the way they come together and their life together. And um, they kind of become Dooley's adoptive parents, though they, also help him find his family and become very close with them as well. Um, so it, it's, it's a really great story. A, a lot of it is centered around Father Tim's parish or the people in his parish. Um, and there's a little bit of politics in the series because there's a fight between, well, a political fight between the current mayor and somebody else who's wanting to run for mayor. 
Um, and so there's just all the things in, in this series. There's 14 books, um, and they are all beautiful. Um, you actually get to see Dooley grow up and get married and all kinds of things. So she follows everybody's story very well. And you always feel love and happiness. And like, it's just, these are people that I would love to know in real life. They're people you could go in and have a slice of pie with and just shoot the breeze, but also people that you know that when you need them, they'll absolutely be there for you. But she's definitely an amazing writer. Um, and I, I highly recommend this series. Uh, so again, it's The Mitford Years by Jan Karen, and the first book is called At Home in Midford. And there's also some novellas. There's like Midford Christmas Stories. She's also got a, a cookbook um, because there's a couple of um, ladies in the series that love to bake Father Tim all kinds of things. And he has diabetes <laughs> and he can't oh, say dear. no to sweets. So oh, he's dear. kind of like always in a compromising situation with this. Um, <laughs> but so she did actually put out a cookbook for some of the recipes that are mentioned in her stories as well. For the longest time, like I've never read these. And so for the longest time, I thought that these books took place in England. I don't know why. I would just like look at the description and somehow it had like in my mind, it was just like this little English village. It, I can't, I can see that. So the last series that I'm going to talk about is Kate Burkholder series oh. by Linda Castillo. Yes. So um, this book is about a police chief and her name is Kate Burkholder. And she is former, she was a former Amish woman she um some murders had happened 16 years prior and they led her to leave the amish community for her own personal reasons which we learn um as the series goes on like we learn more about um why she left and we also get a feel for like how the community reacts to the fact that she left. And I really, really enjoyed this series. So the series takes part, takes part, sorry, takes place in Painters Mill, Ohio, which I'm not sure if that is an actual community in Ohio or if it's a made up one, but it really sounds like it could be. So this is a community that is very closely linked with um, the Amish community. So Kate being a former, um, formerly Amish, she, she was brought on um, to be chief because the, like the mayor of Painter's Mill was really hoping that she would be able to kind of liaison between the Amish community and the English community as the Amish like to call them. And it's not always the easiest job for her. Um, the Amish, they really look at the, at, um, the non-Amish people as like outsiders. And they, they even, the way that they treat her is kind of, 
they treat her very much as an outsider, at least a lot of the, lot of the citizens do. So it's really, I just, I, I feel like you really get this sense of what the community really is like. Like, I could imagine that this is probably truly what it could be like to be formerly Amish and like what it would be like for a police chief that would have to interact with the Amish community and that wasn't um, of that community. So the first book in the series is called Sworn to Silence. And this book is about a case where somebody has been found with, um, he's been, they've been murdered. And there's these Roman numerals that have been carved into the body. And oh, yeah. this, for, this reminds Kate of the case of, like, I think it was, they were called the slaughter case or something, the slaughter murders that had happened 16 years prior. And this is, the, it was an unsolved case. Um, there was four people that had been murdered at the time. And Kate knows why the murder stopped, but she doesn't want to have to tell anybody why the murder stopped. No. And I can't really tell you why, because that would give away a lot. <laughs> but um, so the mayor and the rest of the councilmen, they feel that Kate isn't doing enough. And that because she's a woman, she really doesn't, uh, that she needs help. He, they've decided, they've taken it upon themselves to call in, to form a task force and to call in some back, like, um, some extra help. So it'd be kind of like, um, probably like, kind of like FBI, kind of like FBI, but like Ohio's form of FBI. And so agents, um, I can't remember his name is. John Tomasetti. Tomasetti, yeah. Tomasetti, that's what it was. John Tomasetti has been called in and he has a he's having a rough time at the moment. Like his um family was murdered and he's kind of on the rocks with his boss and with his um coworkers. And so this is kind of like his last chance to prove that they should keep him. So he goes off to Painter's Mill to help out Kate and they form a bit of a relationship. And through the books, we get to see them, their relationship kind of grow. But at the time, at some, at points too, we get to see them kind of like on the outs with each other. So it's really interesting to see like how they, how they form a relationship, but also how they deal with some of the, I guess, like, the political side of being a relate, like, being in such a relationship. So, I just really, I really, really enjoy this. I really, really enjoyed this series because I felt like Castillo, Castello, or what, Castillo. Castillo. I cannot <laughs> speak today. Um, I really feel like Castillo did her research. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have been surprised if, to, if I was to find out that she was Amish, which, as far as I know, she is not. I don't and, think so. Um, because I really felt like 
the things that she writes about, that it could, that's probably the way it is. So I really, really felt like she did her research. And I really felt like I got a real sense of the community and the two sides of the community being the Amish and the non-Amish. So this is the Kate Burkholder series and it's by Linda Castillo. And there are 12 books in the series. Yes, and the next one is coming in the summer. I, this is the, like, one of the few series that I make a point of reading, like, the new book pretty soon after it comes out. Um, I love yeah, it was you, it was you and Christine who uh, suggested I, yes, because I'd never yes. actually heard of it. Oh, they're so good. All right, well, that does it for us this evening. Thanks to Brooke, <clears throat> excuse me, thanks to Brooke and Kristen for sharing some of their favorite series with me and thanks of course goes out to christine for all of her editing and most of all we have to thank each and every one of you who joins us each week as we talk about the books that we love um it'd be kind of hard to have a podcast if no one listened to it so we are really really mm-hmm. glad that you're here If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.